hey, I'm Chelsea. I'm 15. I'm currently constipated, and I know how to blow balloons. Like that was their intros were incredible. <laughs> oh my god! What would they what were. would Ryan? What would your next bus intro be? Oh man. Uh, hey, I'm Ryan. I'm 16. I'm obsessed with Death Cab for Cutie and Mandy Moore. <laughs> California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Bonjour et bienvenue à Keeping Up with the Coens, saison 2, episode 7. How about that, huh? Oh. I've been doing yeah. Duolingo. I'm a month into Duolingo, by the way. I was wondering so if I... you were a Duolingo man or if you were a Rosetta Stone man. Or if you were a Muzzy and Friends man. Wait, what is that? Don't you remember those little cartoons on TV that they advertised at the infomercial? No, his name was Muzzy. It's so many messages. Yeah, and he even made he he even spoke in Portuguese, so you could choose which ones you want to teach your kids. It was quite you, enriching. Have you guys wow. seen? Uh, I'm, I'm Wait, derailing. All right, yeah, Dylan, let me let me introduce everyone. Then okay. you can derail. Let I'm me at least get through the I, in my introduction. Yeah, okay. But I'm glad that we could produce on the fly. Uh, this is episode number seven, I believe, of our season two OC rewatch journey. I would like to say hello and welcome. To the constipation queen of Tulsa. And of course, referring to Chelsea Trinidad. Hello, Chelsea. How are you? He's referring to my TikToks. The salami mommy herself. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Dylan, you've redeemed yourself already. I want you guys to remember the uh, links I'll go to to make other people laugh. And um, humiliating people with my bodily functions is not a place I shy away from. So... Humiliating people with your bodily functions or humiliating yourself? There's a big difference. Humiliating myself with my body bodily functions. Good point. Good point. Speaking of bodily functions. <laughs> the heartbeat uh, of the podcast. Hi, it's Dylan Irwin. Yeah, okay, I'm introducing yeah, yeah. myself. I'm taking no, charge. No, no, no. The heartbeat of the podcast. I'm, of course, referring to Dylan Irwin. He's not new. He's not old. He's just here. Dylan, how's it going? You know, it's going pretty great. Now I'm going to derail the conversation by talking about the single most annoying targeted ad on social media. I think it was social media, or it may have been a YouTube ad where that guy is juggling fire and saying how he learned how to speak Spanish, but he has no Spanish accent whatsoever. He's like, I learned how to speak Spanish by juggling fire. Hola, como esta? It's just Google it. Look at it. It's the worst thing ever. Hi. Can't wait to edit that out. Hey, Dylan. <laughs> we're, we're tackling episodes uh, 13 and 14 of season two of the OC. And we were just talking right before we recorded. Dylan, I know that you love one at least one of these episodes. Yes. I truly feel like, and I want to reiterate, I love the OC. I'm not here to just shit on the OC. I truly love this show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. These episodes were tough to get through. There's no way. If we were still doing four episodes a week, I would have quit. I, there's no way. Um, these episodes were tough to get through. I understand and appreciate that certain people may disagree with my point of view. However, you are incredibly wrong. Um, because <laughs> I, I, I mean, I might get milkshake ducked uh, for saying this because I'm pretty sure... That one, I don't understand what that means. And two, I've said this prior <laughs> in the podcast that another episode is my favorite. But the rainy day woman or women is my favorite episode of the OC full stop. 
That's not you've said that about like seven different episodes. Like, I come on. I contain multitudes. This is new new Dylan's favorite I episode. Of I the already Rainy hate Day women. we're t- we're covering bad episodes. We've got new new Dylan. I guys, we could punt. We're gonna just punt again and do it again later. <laughs> we, we're recording like this the night week. before we release it. We've punted <laughs> yeah. it eight times. <laughs> we've yeah. tried we've tried to record this episode. It so is three AM right now. Uh, must be lonely. <laughs> oh, baby. I just want to say that, like, oh, no, we'll get to it a lot when we get to the rainy day women. But, like, I watched that episode last night and it was the Spider-Man part in particular is so cringy to me now in 2021 because yes, yes. it's such a dated reference. I mean, I'm sure people remember that moment from Spider-Man, but I just feel like it's such a weird thing to pay homage to and like the OC is really good like I know Chelsea you've talked a lot about there's a lot of John Hughes kind of parallels and references but like this spider but you kind of got to know the thing right you got to know that like that's what it's referring to the Spider-Man thing just beats you over the head with like hey remember that one scene from that one movie that is now almost 20 years old like I I don't know yeah well and even when it came out it was like three years old like it was like not long enough for it to be nostalgic it, it was just kind of silly. And the whole reason for him putting a, a Spider-Man, like, face mask on was just because he didn't want his hair to get wet. And, the like, it made no sense. Like, I literally, as I was watching it, I f- it felt a lot like a season four episode of The O.C. And I love season four. Mm-hmm. It's secretly the second best season, in my opinion. Yeah. But, like, but like seasons one and two and three of the show are, like, a very kind of gritty teen soap opera that has some funny moments. Season four is, like, a totally different show. It's just, like, a fun dramedy almost and that's what it just felt so out of place to have so much of that stuff like seth going to the roof to like he would never do that he would never go no. on the roof in a, in a rainstorm to fix the antenna or whatever he anyway. doesn't even like mow the lawn and plus why does he even need an antenna that bad like back then they still had like dvds it's not like now when you, if your internet goes out you're just sol like they were fine back then he could have found something else to watch on tv I agree. Dylan, defend your episode before we start. Well, Atticus Finch said that courage is knowing you're licked before you go in, but going in anyway. And so I don't care what you all think. I'm going to be courageous on <laughs> episode seven and, uh, and tell you all that while I do tend to agree that a lot of it's dated and kind of cringy now, I think that when I say it's my favorite episode, I'm remembering the way it made me feel when I originally watched it. When you say it's your favorite episode, you mean it's not because you said that about seven other episodes. Yeah, well, well, every, you know, every episode is my favorite episode because the OC is the greatest television show in history and breaking bad is just a pale imitation, but I agree. I, um, I, I do remember like, this was like the apex of my like OC fandom when this happened. And Spider-Man two was my favorite movie at the time. Spider-Man two. You ever see Spider-Man two? I love it because there's a very niche portion of our audience that will understand that reference. But anyway, so I just remember how much I loved it. And so I don't apologize for who I am. You guys know that. Okay, very quickly, one more thing I want to mention is that, uh, can, we, can we just briefly touch on this weird thing that Harold, shout out to Harold, he's a huge fan of the show, and he also oh. sent us a thing that was like, it's like the, Tur- is it the Turkish <laughs> yes. reboot of the OC? And it's That's so awesome. long. Each episode is two hours or more. So in, apparently in Turkey, there's a show, and I can't remember what it's called, I'll look it up while we're doing this episode. But, like, there's a show. I don't even know if it's still on anymore. I don't really understand that much about it. But, like, there's a show that is based on the OC. And by based on, I mean it's literally just a remake of the OC. Mm-hmm. But it's in Turkey. And every episode, there's, like, oh 70 gosh. episodes. And they're all two hours long. So there's a lot more stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, it's very interesting that we have that. But we don't have it in America. But I think we, Well, it's all on YouTube. And so I think we should watch it next. I think that after the OC pod, <laughs> we do the Atomic County pod. And then after the Atomic County pod, we do 
insert name of Turkish OC reboot. Our children will be the same age as uh, Ryan, Marissa, and the gang. It's just interesting to like, just watch the trailer. There's a trailer online. Just watch the trailer. And it's just so wild to see the story of the OC played out with like very different actors. Um, It's pretty funny. It's kind of like the musical. All right. Uh, We can get started. I'm I'm allowing us to get started now. All Uh, right. Thank you. Let's get in to episode number 13, The Father Knows Best. Uh, the Father Knows Best features Sandy Cohen on screen for 7 minutes and 52 seconds. Dylan, talk your shit. February 17th, 2005 is when this originally aired. It's actually my wedding anniversary, except it wasn't in 2005. <clears throat> 7.8 million people watched Father Knows Best. John Stevens wrote it. So, I mean, let's start, let's talk about it. Let's just dive right in. Let's talk about it. This episode was really so. This the the second episode we're covering today, the Rainy Day Women. It kept my attention. I just as it kept my attention, I was like, oh man, this is cringy and kind of weird. <laughs> this episode, I could barely keep paying attention to it. It felt like nothing. Almost nothing happens here. Well, it's just frustrating because I feel like these two episodes and the two before it, and kind of the two before that, like it feels like everyone's on a loop. We're like watching Westworld. We're seeing the same characters, like, do the exact same things with just, like, minor differences in their days. Um, so the episode starts with um, Seth. He is agonizing over summer. He hasn't showered. He's binging TV. And it's because, to remind you guys, uh, the last episode ended with their, them going to San Diego to pitch their comic book. Yes, and thank you. That they, was mostly for us because it's been two weeks since we did this. So thank yeah. You. <laughs> um, so he thinks that uh, Summer and Zach slept together. So he is just having a meltdown pretty much. Ryan comes in and kind of tries to calm him down. Um, I did just like that because I think, and this might be Chelsea getting a little bit too, um, like, reading in too deep, but I think that they made a point, like, a pointed effort in this season to kind of isolate everyone and make everyone just feel like they kind of are doing things alone. And, we'll, mm-hmm. you know, as the series progresses and you kind of see, like, uh, Sandy and Kirsten grow apart more and uh, Seth not really knowing what's going on in Ryan's life and that type of thing, I think that they did that very much on purpose. Um, so the moments where Ryan and Seth do kind of have a debrief and Ryan kind of help, tries to help Seth with his current problems, I thought that was kind of a nice mm-hmm. scene. What did you guys think about it? I really liked it. I um I I, I feel like I I get kind of tired of the woe is me, Seth, even though he did nothing wrong and he's a great character and I love him. I, <laughs> I get kind of tired of it as a storyline, which I think you were kind of alluding to. I actually only have two notes total for that entire scene, um, neither of which actually relate to the episode directly. One is that the plural of matrix is matrices. And second, I haven't thought about MTV2 for like 15 years, and I just got punched in the face like with a nostalgia fist because MTV2 was superior because they played all the music videos. Is did they play the music videos or did they play all their reality show their dating shows? MTV2 was it started just like as just like MTV, MTV2 was started to be the video channel and then as time progressed they just kind of slowly faded that out and started adding all the reality stuff. Okay. Um I used to really like uh, was it was it called Next? What was the one on the bus? Oh hell yeah! Next oh. was incredibly <laughs> my shit. There was one that I remember just because I was so young when I watched it. I was probably like twelve, so I'm still trying to figure out like 
how do people behave on dates? Like, do people kiss on the first date? Do you, like, as soon as you greet each other, do you grab each other's hand? Like, I'm trying to learn all these things and there's nowhere to learn it other than, you know, watching television. God, so many things, so many things make sense now that we've learned that you've learned how to date from watching MTV reality shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that explains a lot of what happened in the years between 2003 and, you know, 2013. Between kids bop and college, <laughs> I learned how to date on MTV. <laughs> But this one girl, she gets off and she she meets this guy and it's literally just like a TV show. He's like, hello, and like grabs her hand. They immediately start holding hands and walking and they go to a skate park and they're both sitting on this beanbag. And, you know, they've probably only known each other for 20 minutes, even with, you know, it being TV time. And they're they're making out on this beanbag and they're at a skate park and this guy does like an ollie over their heads. And like Ooh. me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. That's Not even romantic. occurring to me that like, oh, that could have gone really bad very, very easily. <laughs> Was next just Kid Bachelor? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great take, Dylan. Yeah? Also, Kid, Bach- like Kid Bachelor should have been a character at Atomic County. <laughs> Kid Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> kid, kid, ba- kid bachelor would be would be that that kid that ryan hallucinates when he's in chino i wish we could just yes. talk about mtv this whole episode it'd be it'd be better than uh the episode that we're actually covering yeah i love we haven't we barely talked about it i was like we can go off we can go off track here because that will make sure that we don't talk about the episode so um <laughs> yeah, so go ahead, I, guess, go ahead, I guess you should kind of just dive in P- part of why the, this episode frustrates me so much is like i said Kirsten and Sandy have been on the same goddamn loop now for six episodes. But um, Kirsten and Sandy kind of start talking, and immediately, uh, he's Sandy's like, oh, I have to go, you know, Max died, I have to go to his funeral. And to ca- recap, you guys, Max is Bro- Becca's dad. And he Kirsten... He died on a bench. He died on a bench while Sandy was Marissa's giving him house. tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's rough. Poor guy. But, um... Kirsten's like, oh, well, I'll go with you. I'd love to honor him. I know he's someone really important to your life. And Sandy does this ridiculous. He's like, oh, well, well you can't go. It's just going to be me and Rebecca. He's got to stop. Like, I just, like, he, like, acted like Kirsten was stupid for, like, not realizing that there was going to be a funeral. So, you know, you were right. Exactly. Like, it's insulting to our intelligence that, like, <laughs> we, that they're trying to make us believe that they didn't have this conversation. Like, she didn't know Sandy was going to go to the funeral right then. Like, she just found out in that moment that he's going to go. Like, that's something you talk about. Hey, I have to go to a funeral tomorrow. Yeah. Well, but it wasn't a funeral. That's what makes it even more stupid, though, is that it wasn't a funeral. Yeah. It was literally just him and Rebecca <laughs> honoring, like, they had to, like, plan a special time to be like, we're we're going to sit down and honor my dad and her to be like, it's just you two. Like Kirsten was very upset that it was just going to be Sandy and Rebecca. And it's like, did we not go over this the last episode and the episode before? Like, I don't, Mm. I don't understand why it's such deja vu. How did Kirsten not know this? Why do they have to make a big deal about like, Oh, well today is the day that we're going to honor Max. And I just, and just the whole thing, you know, he's like, well, if we had a funeral, then the, the FBI would be there waiting for Rebecca. Like, the FBI the, would the not FBI be there. The FBI love going to funerals. Like, they love going to funerals. Oh, yeah. That's what they do in their spare time. I, funeral I, crashers. I will say that I was kind of stretching for notes on this episode. And honestly, because I haven't had a comic book minute in a while, I created a uh. new segment called Corpse Minute um, based <laughs> on the funeral. <laughs> Um, fun, you, like, I'm on board with this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm already in. Like, you can't just dump ashes wherever you want. They literally dump the ashes down right off of the pier. Yeah. Um, Didn't I think President it's Obama get in trouble for that? 
Yeah, I think I, no, that was Chipotle. He reached over the the sneeze guard. Similar, oh, but okay. I am. Um, but I mean, considering the fact that Rebecca is like an eco terrorist and Sandy is a lawyer, I mean, we have the freaking Federal Clean Water Act that's been around since the seventies that doesn't mm-hmm. let you do that. And then California actually requires a VS nine burial permit and. Uh, all permitted disposals of human remains must be done at least three nautical miles from shore. So he doesn't want to get in trouble with the feds. So he instead chooses to take a criminal and break a federal law by pouring human remains. Break another law with a fugitive. Is that a federal law? Uh, so that's a violation of the Federal Clean Water Act, but it, de- it depends on where it happens. Do you think anyone's ever been arrested for that? Uh, I for dumping ash, ashes into like the ocean. I, I, that would be hilarious if that's where that went with that scene. I swear, President Obama didn't he dump his mom's remains off of the side of a cliff, and people were like, oh, Ooh, "It's not I three nautical miles off the shore." I, I swear to God, that was a thing. I think Sarah Palin was really upset about it. By the way, that that specific regulation in California also deals with like full bodies. So if you want to dump a body and have a burial at sea, there's a permit for that. Which, after I kill Ryan, because I've been training to do it, I'm going to drive him <laughs> in my boat three nautical miles out into the sea. You have to get a boat first. I'll, I'll just I'll just rebuy it from the guy I sold it yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, which apparently money. only costs $500, which we'll get to later. I have Inflation. a big to pick about that. But yeah. um, all right. Um, so I know that I normally like to kind of go through the whole episode chronologically, but I'm going to kind of do it uh, Ryan style this time, just because this episode was so kind of strange. But I guess, I mean, we might as well talk the whole episode through. But um, when it comes to the little love triangle there, Slash, it's such a stupid story that we're all ready to get past. But um, obviously, Kirsten's mad about it. She actually goes later to Rebecca's um, hotel that Sandy got her. And she straight up asked, she was like, are you in love with my husband? And Rebecca just very, like, frankly, is like, yes, I am. I always will be. I always have been. I don't Gosh. It's just everything about it is so cringe. It's the most overwritten storyline we've had so far. It's the first storyline in this series that I just really hate. Like, even Oliver, there was a lot of good stuff there. I mean, Oliver, the storyline was great. There were some episodes that were weird. But, like, this entire storyline, I just, I don't like it at all. This and Johnny. This and Johnny might be the two worst. <laughs> yeah. The deal is, we with the Oliver story, we loved the Oliver storyline, but we hated Oliver. Yeah. Like, two yeah. different things. This, we hate Rebecca, and we hate the storyline. Yeah, it's... I mean, I'd like to think the reason why it feels so weird and unnatural is because it's difficult to write that kind of character arc for Sandy Cohen. But throughout both of these episodes, like these episodes especially, I have been so hardcore like Team Kirsten um, based on just what's going on. And so I don't I don't know. I, it, it was even, even the Rachel storyline was way better than this that's believable totally yeah. i was thinking right before we started recording that i knew that you were going to say how many minutes sandy cohen was in each episode and i'm going to tell you that these are like my least favorite sandy cohen minutes of the series yeah i mean the inferior for kirsten to just walk into this hotel room and be like are you in love with my husband i was like man this is really uh they're stretching they're reaching here <laughs> they tried they tried to make it a twist too by she looks in the, you know, she hears the knock at the door. She looks in the in the in the little viewer and goes like sighs and then opens the door and stands there talking to no one in frame and just going, oh, I thought, I thought I'd see you eventually. And then there's like a one one thousand, two one thousand, and then they both come in and have like an angry, low waisted jeans kind of 
argument. And then we find out that it was Luke. Yep. It was Luke, and he was back, baby, with his low-rise jeans. Um, so before we uh, get into, like, the main storyline of the episode, the most important one, I guess we'll kind of go through the other two more minor ones, um, and one of which being Marissa uh, kind of coming to terms with her new relationship with Alex and uh, needing to kind of preserve it to break it to people in her life. So the first mission is to tell Summer. And uh, they have kind of a nice moment because at the same time when Marissa is trying to tell her that she's now in a relationship with Alex, uh, Summer is kind of breezing over uh, her and Zach's stay in a hotel. So they have a one meeting and they both kind of chicken out of telling each other their actual uh, story. So it's kind of like a lie by omission. But the whole reason why they're up. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Leaving it in. The whole the reason I know it's, it's I've had a day. Every single time we get together, I'm like, oh, guys, I've had a day. Leave me alone. And then you know, <laughs> um, Chelsea's fine, guys. Chelsea's doing I'm just fine. fine. <laughs> she's, she's great. Okay, so Marissa chickens out and doesn't tell Summer that she's dating Alex, and she rolls up to Alex's party by herself. And mm-hmm. it's this is one of the funniest scenes of the OC to me. It, it's so funny because you can tell that Alex is stoked to finally have her girlfriend here and finally get to introduce her new beautiful hot girlfriend to the rest of her friends. And Marissa's kind of like, hi, uh, I just want to say hello. And uh, I'm going now. Gotta go. Bye. Drove all the way out here. And like, okay, so one thing this show does well is like it does those moments that are so cringy and so anxiety inducing in high school. And it ups the factor like... I just remember how anxious I would be like if I got invited to a party and I know Ryan's going to say something about that, but like if I get invited to a party and I don't know anyone there, like going there by myself and like I panic and I'm like, okay, what what's going to happen? And you, you go in and you immediately latch onto that one person that you know and then you hang <laughs> yeah. out with them the rest of the night and then you find your actual friends and you don't know what to do with like the person who you saw immediately, and it's who just who you've been using, so you wouldn't yeah, have to stand there awkwardly. So much anxiety. Oh my I gosh. felt that though. I don't know why that scene just like cracked me up, but um, it's really a shame. Uh, Dylan found this. I guess Dylan's dad sent this article that was like fifty things you might not have known about the OC, and in there it <laughs> talked about how Josh Schwartz regrets writing Alex out so quickly, and like totally agree. She was an awesome character. Well, <laughs> well, that's that. Anyways, af- so after the awkward party that Marissa runs out of, um, her and Summer come back together, and then they have their actual what what happened the last weekend type thing. This was my favorite. This is my favorite scene in the episode. This was such a the last couple of episodes. Marissa's been like my favorite storyline, and this scene was really great. She Marissa's been one of my favorite characters the last few episodes too. But um. First of all, Summer admits to her, she was like, me and Zach didn't have sex. Um, I kind of made him feel like he was the one that was choosing not to. And she was like, but actually it was me the whole time. I couldn't because I had Seth in my head. Isn't that messed up? And Marissa's kind of like, oh my gosh. Well, actually, um, I have a girlfriend now and it's Alex. And um, I don't know. What did you guys think about Summer's response? I thought it was fine. I thought it was funny whenever she hugged her and she was like, is this turning you on? I thought it was kind of sad that they had to write the line where Marissa's like, are we still friends? And she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course we're still friends. But um, that scene started with 
Marissa alone in bed, as per usual, <laughs> reading um, Please Kill Me, the punk rock book from like the early 2000s. Oh. Fucking great book. I yeah. just love that she was reading that book. I read it a long time ago. It's just I know. I have that book like in my living room right now, like as decor. Yeah, it's just like Lou Reed and Iggy Pop just doing heroin. Like that's the whole book, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we're talking about summer, that kind of uh, dovetails right into Seth's storyline of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, where obviously Seth is distraught because he thinks that they slept together. We kind of covered that earlier. Um, but what is in, what mostly stuck out about the storyline, and you know, he has a couple conversations with Zach about it, and Zach pretty much tells him like, "Hey, not your arena. You need to back off." But then it's strange, too, because Zach and Seth are also friends. So then Zach kind of has a heart to heart with them. And he was like, you know, I thought that I wanted to wait until I was married. But actually, I just want it to be the perfect place in the perfect time with someone I really care about. But the most noteworthy thing about that whole storyline is that one of me and Ryan's all time favorite songs is playing during the background like a motif. It's my my musical moment. It's musical moment of the episode. Absolutely. It's It's my favorite song of all time. Your Ex Lover is Dead by Stars. It's like my fucking number one. And it plays here and it plays at the end of the episode, but you can barely hear it. It's like deep in the background. I'm frustrated that a song that meant, means so much to both me and you kind of got not great treatment. Like, I, I would I would expect it to be a big crescendo, kind of like what we have in the next episode. And instead, it was kind of just background music. Well, this was an excellent episode for In Every Sun... Not In Every Sunflower by Bell X1. That's the next episode. Ryan, you can cut that out, but I know you won't. Um, so I, the whole... The namesake of the episode is the Lindsay, Ryan, and Caleb storyline. And oh, I guess yeah. Julie's kind of thrown into this also. Kirsten, not so, so big of a, a character in this... In the things that go on here. She's drinking. Well, hang, hang on. Seth... The, the Seth storyline has an ending where... They're going on their trip, and Seth comes over to Summer's house to, like, talk to her. And he basically tells her, like, hey, this has been weird, but I just want you to know I want you to have a good trip, and I'm over you. This is, like, a really twisted, tangled web. And then I I, I will say that that very last scene where Seth goes in and does the right thing, um, we get an amazing line uh, from the valley. At least I think it's the valley. Relationships are like geese. They fly north for the winter, which makes no sense. And I love it. It makes some sense if you really think about it. <laughs> but like <laughs> Seth just telling Summer, I'm over you was so like bizarre because clearly he's not. But like he's trying to fuck with her, I think. He's testing the waters because if he mm. says, I'm over you, he wants her to say, but I'm not over you. And then he'll be like, just kidding. And then they make out and Zach can go to Tuscany and backpack all he wants. <laughs> Team Seth. I don't, it just felt such like deja vu. I feel like they had another conversation two episodes ago where they established that they're both over each other. It just keeps happening over and over again. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, literally in the next episode, Seth goes to her house again, and she actually says, and I feel like this was maybe an in-joke because of what we are complaining about with these episodes, when Summer goes, did you actually come here to advance the plot this time? I didn't catch that, but that's awesome. So now I guess we'll move on to the namesake of the episode, Father Knows Best. So it involves Lindsay, Ryan, Caleb, and Julie. And uh, we kind of start with Julie and Caleb clearly fighting. Lindsay and Kirsten arrives, and uh, Caleb makes a grand gesture of telling Lindsay that he wants to adopt her. 
And of course, Lindsay's thrilled and Julie kind of gets to really be Julie and is like making it very obvious that she is not happy about this clearly because of the inheritance situation. So, you know, she's kind of helping Caleb tell the story, but Caleb's like, Lindsay, I want you to be an official part of my family. That way, if something happens, I know you'll be taken care of. And Julie's just like, well, you know, well, I told you I would take care of it. Like she, Julie is in a tizzy. Kirsten's in an awkward position. Um, it, it's a whole, it's a whole deal. But I thought it was really, really fun getting to see Julie be Julie again. We, we needed that's a good boost gonna, that's of what that. I was, <laughs> that's what I was just going to say was that like, I respect Julie for fucking just being herself and, to, and very, very obviously being against this and not hiding it and not trying to pretend. And Caleb even says to her at one point, he says, um, like, can I tell you how transparent your motives are? And it's like, yeah, but that's, I mean, I still don't understand why they even got married. Like, they clearly don't enjoy each other's presence. Like, what is Julie bringing to the table? So I forgot all about this entire paternity side thing. I just thought that Lindsay, like, left for no reason. Just like Donnie, long may he reign. <laughs> but... I- like, I forgot all about it, but uh, watching it now, it's like she goes full Cersei Lannister in this episode, just like malicious. And like, I feel so bad for Lindsay, so bad, even though there is an audio clip of one of her speech things that I want to add in this episode. And it's at 35 minutes, 15 seconds. She slurs her speech so much in this episode. She's trying to tell Ryan that's not true. And she seriously says, it's not true. What? My mom told me yesterday. I didn't know how to say anything. It's not true. Seriously, 35 minutes, 15 seconds. It's another high Tate. It is the season two high Tate. Listen to it. I feel like you're just giving me like things to do, <laughs> like giving me extra work because of our rivalry. But Dude, okay, that's, I'll find it. That's why I secretly started this podcast and planted it in your head like Inception, so I could give you more work to do. <laughs> I don't feel that bad for Lindsay. I just feel like she is way, way too into the Caleb thing all of a sudden. Having a dad? Okay, so the reason why Ryan, well, of course, Ryan doesn't know this at the time, but Renee is very hesitant about it, and she goes and talks to Ryan and tries to get him on her side and stop them. It's really funny because Lindsay goes, oh, are you and my mom working as a team? (laughs) I don't know why I thought that was so funny. But my note about Renee having another potential baby daddy and not really being sure whether or not Caleb is the father is... Renee having another potential baby daddy is so shady and dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. So much dumb. So much dumb in this episode. <laughs> maybe that's who Gardner is. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I still think DJ is the Gardner in this scenario. DJ? 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 Oh um, uh, yeah, Ryan's, Ryan gets too involved here. Like, I just feel like he got... He does what he always does, which is like get, insert himself into every situation with his girlfriend. Um, him getting way too involved here, like it's really not his business or his decision to make, right? It's what I think. Like he keeps telling her, like you maybe you should think about this. Don't you think it's too fast? And I was like, dude, the Cohen's adopted Ryan like immediately. Yeah, like yeah. literally, he wanted and he wanted to just stay there and live forever, like after the first night there. So yeah. Um, I, th- it, I did find it, find it funny though, because him and Renee and Julie all wanted the same outcome. <laughs> like, 
Like they yeah. all had the same thing they were pushing for. Um, but I did think Lindsay had some kind of funny lines. Like she's just, I mean, Lin, I thought Lindsay, she, she, I like her a lot more this watch than I ever have before, but I mean, she's a big old scoob and some of her lines come out just so funny, but you know, she was like, what, you know, what more should we go bowling or to a father daughter picnic? Like she's just kind of sarcastic and funny. And um, she said something to Ryan that was like, tonight's the most important night of my life. And I only want people there who support me. So are you going to be there or not? Like She's acting like Caleb's daughter. <laughs> yeah. She really is. Um, she, I don't know. She's just funny and loquacious in like, kind of an awkward way. Um, but one scene that I did think was very well acted was when Caleb finally broke to her that he didn't, you know, he thought they, there needed to be a DNA oh, test yeah. before he officially uh, adopts her. And well, I, hang on. So mm-hmm. they're throwing a party about this, like literally yeah. a party. And I, when they said party, I thought, oh, like the family will get together because there's a lot of extended family in the show, as we know. Like the characters that we know will get together and they'll have like a, an adoption celebration for Lindsay because everyone knows Lindsay. Right. They, I did not realize, and, and it didn't even click with me until this rewatch. That they're having like a fucking party with a ton of strangers, like people who don't give a shit about any of this. Presumably, showed up to this party, and then I guess the plan was to go up there and be like, "Hey, this is my daughter," and like all these people are gonna be like, "That's so great." I guess I just thought it was strange or, that they're throwing I mean, they a would, big party. About they would this. all go gossip. I, maybe that that was the point. Maybe they're like, if we just announce it to everyone, there won't be very much to gossip about because we will have announced it to the world or something like that. But it's funny because their uh, yoga lotties friends are there. Like, there's a scene where, um, you know, one of the women goes like, "Oh, I wonder what the surprise could be." And Julie was like, "Just you wait," or something along Refill those lines. Refill your drinks. It's not what you expect. Or like, she's like <laughs> hyping up her own like devices. Um, but that scene with Caleb was just heartbreaking. Like, I've talked mm. about this a few times, but when Lindsay's really sad, she has this really high-pitched mouse voice. And, and it she, makes me so sad. It's so sad. And she's asking, like, Caleb, she's asking, like, what did I do? That, like, that is like, so sad. It's so Oh, my God. I can't believe how much I disagree with you. I can't believe it. <laughs> you didn't it's think just, it was sad? It's not sad. It's not sad. Like, her emotion and the way she feels is super valid and real. But just the things that she says were driving me crazy. Like, asking what did I do wrong? Like, that's just self-pity and, like... I, I know that she really wants Caleb to adopt her, but for her to go from crying, what did I do wrong, to 30 seconds later walking out and being like, I know my real dad wouldn't treat me this way. I was like, that's such a flip of like emotion and character like so quickly. I don't know. I just didn't like the lines that she was saying. It just well, oh, and then I she disagree. like drives away, and like Ryan's like chasing after her car. It's so <laughs> yeah. soap opera. Like I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. And meanwhile, they have this big party, and Julie's like, "Don't worry, Caleb, I got it." And she basically like throws open the balcony door, and she's like, "By the way, we're launching a magazine, and I'm gonna be the star yes. and the editor and the cover girl." <laughs> like that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Julie is a survivor. So there, whenever Caleb is, uh, whenever she goes to see Caleb in his in his like study, he's like hanging out there. She walks in and he just goes, "Lindsay, sit." It's all right, isn't it? Lindsay, sit. Like she's a fucking dog. Please. Oh sit. yeah, that was weird. Yeah, 
And like she goes up to him earlier, right before that, and she's like, do, like kind of like doting over him. She's like, "This is a really great party," and he just goes, "Yeah, thanks," and walks away. And she's like, she's like, "Uh, should we? Let's just go ahead and do it now." Like it's because you can tell that she's starting to get insecure because they still haven't made the announcement, and he hasn't really been talking to her the way that she has gotten used to when she was taking care of him after he had his heart attack. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah. my, speaking of which, uh, Lindsay, the outfit of the episode is uh, more of a hairstyle of the episode, but Ooh. I've never seen anyone. Um, she had kind of like a half up, half down situation with a braid. And that's the only time I've ever seen anyone wear that hairstyle ever. So it deserved its own little shout out. Wait, Lindsay had that? Yeah, it was like her hair was halfway pulled back, but then it was braided. I've never seen that before mm. in my entire life. It was kind of, it, looked, it reminded me of something that like Ariel from The Little Mermaid would have done. I think we should bring it back. I can sure, try it. <laughs> you had to have really long hair to pull that off. But anyways, that was the father knows best. It was a very womp womp episode <laughs> to me, other than the lesbian party. That was the best scene. <laughs> okay. So our music moment was the song that you both love that was too quiet. And the outfit was hair. Yeah. Yep. That's par for the course for this episode, I think. That feels, yeah, it feels like we didn't. I mean, I guess nothing really happened in that episode. There, yeah, but. that's the thing. It was it was hard to retell because such little occurred. The, the whole thing, like everything with Lindsay is, um, especially like we know we talked about with her and Ryan. It's like, let's get together. Okay, just kidding. Let's get together. Okay, just kidding. But like at least the constant there was, oh, it's crazy because Caleb's her dad. And like that's always been the thing in the back. But even this episode's like, wait, he might not be her dad. Just kidding. He's her. He's her dad. Yeah, I was like, oh my mm-hmm. god, everything about this, everything, every storyline she's involved in is just a yo-yo. Fucking loop over and over and over again. Like, ah, so irritating. Yeah. Deja vu all over again. You want to talk about my favorite episode, everybody? I'd love Shout to. Out, I, I want to. I want to talk about Deja Vu, the song by Olivia Rodrigo. It's my favorite <laughs> song of 2021. It's so good. Um, and also, that episode ended with uh, Sandy Cohen picking up Chinese food for his wife and. Uh, she didn't she didn't want it or she's like a lot she's like freezing him out and then he like goes somewhere else and then he ends up back at home and i was like i just wrote he offers it to ryan and seth and i just wrote that like that food's at least three hours old at this point he's had it for like yeah. half the episode yeah. <laughs> he's just been going from place to place with it oh no Still he good. took it he was taking it to rebecca we did we mention that rebecca left like she ran away and again and another thing in the next episode she's back but like yeah again another yo-yo like check off x Sandy goes to to like give her Chinese food and she's gone because Kirsten scared her away, I guess. That, okay, that's um, that is something that really it's one of those things where I'm like I'm so team Kirsten because Sandy's just making bad decision after bad decision like on a night like that's really pretty big allegedly for Kirsten's family, like her side of the family. He isn't at the party. He's taking Chinese food to his convict ex-girlfriend. That's what he's doing. That is yeah. his choice. That's well, how he he's does going go to, to. He does go to the party eventually. Eventually. That's the thing. You got to support your wife at all times, Sandy. What is this? I'll tell you what it's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. It's not rainy day women, which is what no, I want to talk about. I, I'm trying to drag out getting to it because I can tell how much you want to get to it. you are for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm all right. Excited. All right, Dylan. Okay, Dylan. That will get us into episode number 14, <clears throat> The Rainy Day Women. The Rainy Day Women features Sandy Cohen on screen for eight minutes and six seconds. Before you go, Dylan, before you go off here, I just want to say, and I know this is going to be upsetting to you. I feel like Chelsea might be on my side here. Mm-hmm. I know you literally wrote 
the music moment of the episode has got to be like the champagne supernova doesn't have to be it's not it's to me it's not there's two i actually have two i couldn't pick one i have two songs of this episode two song moments neither neither of them and neither of them are that song the two that I chose are the first song that we have in the open, which is oh Blind Melon, gosh. No Raid. Mm-hmm. And the second is iconic, so iconic 90s one-hit wonder. And, of course, the second is Boys to Men, End of the Road. Yeah. yeah. No, this is a good music episode. It's hard to choose. But, you see, that's yeah. what I love about this episode. There's just so much good about it. And so, Champagne Supernova. Even Champagne Supernova, like, all three of those songs were very emblematic of a time. Oh, that, yeah. The 90s. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't um, 2004. So, you know. Well, that, so specifically with Champagne Supernova, I actually went to a Graham Colton band concert in like 2003, 2004, and they played Champagne Supernova as a cover. And so then it came up in this, and my mind was just blown because the worlds are colliding. But here's what you need to know. On February 24th, 2005, I was on my couch. I was one of the 7.23 million viewers watching this Josh Schwartz masterpiece. But before we actually get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about it. Oh, everyone. Uh Uh-oh, everyone, Marissa's house is leaking, and the pavement isn't the only thing getting wet. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Our eyes also get wet from crying. DNA is tested, and paternity is determined, bags are packed, and Sandy almost manages to wreck both his car and his marriage in the same evening. As with the Great Flood, we find a proverbial cleansing following this storm, but rather than the culling of an entire population, Lord Schwartz only drowns a few storylines. Ryan and Lindsay, Zach and Summer, Sandy and Rebecca, Marissa and her belief that a lesbian relationship is just a fun way to get back at your mom, those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain so come stand under our umbrella for the rainy day women god if you would have said ella 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 i would have lost my mind i would have been incredible (laughs) um yeah what you basically outlined there was that this is like finally because we're halfway through season two at this point Mm -hmm. finally these storylines are coming to an end we're finally getting rid of some people and we're moving on with some new things fucking finally yes yes and so it starts off with you know we've already we've already said it with music moment of the episode um it's raining a dj is telling us it's raining not dj the gardener but an actual dj because this is the early 2000s and people still listen to radio it is in fact raining and seth and ryan don't know what to do they're like drivers in oklahoma when it rains they just freak out they have this fun little banter back and forth uh, deciding who's going to go where is ryan going to go into the house is seth going to go into the pool house there's some bribery with bagels they end up just doing what i think I probably would have done because why not? And they call each other on their phones. Uh, Seth is talking about what are they talking about audience? I can hear you all screaming. That's right. They're talking about how Seth still likes summer and he's not over it. And Ryan's problems don't matter because Seth has problems and that's all that he wants to talk about. Also, this was strange because like the, neither of them want to step outside into rain. Like he even says, yeah, like, I'll, like- melt, I'll melt if I go out there. But then like literally 10 minutes later, Ryan rode his bike through the rainstorm to Lindsay's house. And like Seth was outside Alex's house is getting drenched. And I was like, why won't you guys just like cross the, the 10 feet to get to the house or the pool house? I don't know. Yeah. And so I think that at this point, we're also led to believe that after everything went down at Caleb's uh, faux party, it actually ends up that Ryan doesn't speak to Lindsay. So 
I guess it's not quite that he has a problem. It's just he's completely ignoring that whole situation, um, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because there is some drama. There is a musical motif, as Chelsea would say. We have In Every Sunflower by Bell X1 playing, and we know that when that song plays in this episode, it's because there's some weird adult stuff going on. And in this case, we are getting some of the most pure pandemic energy, and honestly, energy I'm jealous of, in the form of Kirsten Cohen in bed at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, not sleeping, just hanging out, doing nothing. So... The question that I had, though, is we see Sandy emerge from the bathroom in his bathing suit. Did he go surfing in the rain? <laughs> He's a wild I man. Think he in, I think he just got out of the shower. Did he shower in a bathing suit? Is he a, is he a never <laughs> He's nude? He's a never nude. Perhaps. There are dozens of us. <laughs> well, I guess, you know what we forgot to talk about in the last episode was that... Uh, I feel I like guess, a lot, but I just can't well, remember what it, I know. it was. Well, it was it was like nothing really happened, but but Rebecca was so shooketh by Kirsten paying her a visit that she like dramatically left without saying goodbye Chelsea, and just wrote Chelsea. God, you did it again. We've covered this. <laughs> we didn't talk about her leaving. Yes, yes, we did say that at the very end. Oh, okay. I missed that line. You were, um, you were you were just pounding some salami. <laughs> Excuse Ew. me. You were eating. You were Yucky. eating some salami. You were eating salami. That sounded like a, a painting the ceiling remark, and that's not what I intended. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's rewind um, the thirty seconds and pretend like I never said anything. I well. I, and I wanna, go on. I want to derail us once, just because I want. I told. I told Ryan and Chelsea this in the chat, and I just want you to know something that happened to me related to this podcast. Speaking of painting the ceiling, so my mom oh, and loves Ugh. loves this podcast. Hey, my mom loves this podcast. My dad obviously loves it. I don't, it I to don't do like research. that you're like speaking of painting the ceiling. My mom. <laughs> well, okay. Wow. Okay. Let's take a deep breath here. Okay. So anyway, um, I I'm at a funeral reception. Okay, a funeral reception, and my they're not m- spreading any. No ashes were spread into the no ashes. Yeah, no ashes were spread. No ashes were spread here. Uh, we did it the right way, but. My mom and dad had driven from Lawton to Oklahoma City with my grandmother, who was in her 80s, and they decided to spend that time listening to our podcast no. out loud on the way up. Yes. No. Um, my God. Why yes. would they do that? Chelsea, they think that you are a very adorable young lady. Oh, uh, Just stop. so you know. She's but, a promising young woman. But I'm a promising yeah, but young woman with a memory problem. So they're listening to this podcast. And it's they have just to... short term, though. I, I do not remember what we talked about 15 minutes ago, but I can tell you exactly how I felt when <laughs> didn't ask me to prom. I was literally about to say the same thing. I was going to make that exact joke. Great job, so they don't finish the episode by the time they get to the funeral home and then to the reception afterwards. And my mom comes up to me at this reception. I'm seated next to my grandmother and she goes, Dylan, what does paint the ceiling mean? <laughs> and it's my favorite song by South. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I just looked at it and I was like, are you serious? Because my, my mother is the troll. My mother is where I get my troll tendencies. And she was, and I was like, are you serious? And she goes, yeah, we haven't listened to it yet. And I go, dad, have you guys listened to it? Like I need to confirm with another parent. He goes, yeah, we haven't listened to it. And I just said, I think it's better if I tell you later when we're not at a funeral reception. And also maybe you shouldn't let my grandmother listen to the rest of the episode. Um, so that's Shout a little fun story. Shout out to Dylan's grandma. You're probably listening right grandma now. Hey, Arwen. D, I hope you like it. I hope you enjoyed that uh, that episode, and I promise that I will do my best to make you proud moving forward. 
I haven't done a very good job over the last 32 years, but I'm trying. Anyway. Definitely not the last 32 minutes. Yeah, jeez. So, <laughs> so. I made myself laugh at that. Okay. So um, Sandy may or may not have been surfing or showering uh, while wearing board shorts, which it's okay. Everyone had to do that for a little bit in high school. Um, and like he is almost at the cusp of successfully apologizing to Kirsten. And of course his phone rings and who is it? It's the character that we thought was gone. It's Rebecca. She's back Ah. because she wants to annoy Chelsea more. That's actually what's in the script. (laughs) Like that is the most annoying thing in the entire world. Like, Oh, I'm going to write a dramatic letter and leave. And then I'm just going to call and be like, Oh, just kidding. I didn't want to leave and not say goodbye. Like what a fucking lame. I feel to like, her credit, to her credit, I don't think her letter was that dramatic. I think it literally said, like, talk to Kirsten, gotta go. <laughs> I feel, see ya. I feel like, I feel like, though, the more annoying thing was Sandy's decision. Because she gives him this, this, the same crap that she gave him the first time, which is, I didn't want to leave without saying, without a chance to say goodbye in person. It's like, you've said goodbye in person. You've said hello in person. Just calm down with this. It doesn't matter. This is 2005. Just text each other. I truly don't remember. I feel like we probably did, but I truly don't remember the last episode that we recorded. Did we, we mentioned that they kissed, right? Yeah. Because she did kiss him. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we did. We did. And if not. Yeah, I trust, I trust Chelsea's memory. <laughs> if not, they, they kissed. Um, and so he leaves, he goes and disappoints Kirsten and the audience yet again. But it's again, it's like the same thing with Lindsay where it's like, oh, well, at least she's gone now. Just kidding. She's back. Yeah. I, my <laughs> My note is just all caps, Sandy, get off the phone with Rebecca. Um, He doesn't. So next up, we have one of my uh, favorite scenes, one of the most iconic scenes, I feel like, in the OC. These are terms I throw around Mm -hmm. willy-nilly. We're at uh, the Cooper Nickel Cottage. And the bagel... Pumpernickel. The (laughs) Pumpernickel Cottage. And we have not... Like we, this show has two of the exact same bagel slicers, which is why we bought one at the Irwin household. Mm-hmm. But Julie has decided that she wants to, I guess, try being Jewish um, and making bagels and going kosher eventually. Um, her words, not mine, Ryan. You're shaking your head. No, that's, that's is, literally not what she said. Yeah, she it's said if offen- the Coens- it's offensive that you think only Jews eat bagels. No, 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 no. She said if the Coens can do it, so can we. Next thing you yeah. know, we'll be going kosher. She didn't say that. Boom. So uh, I don't know why I said boom. That wasn't a point. I'm sorry for insulting your faith. That's not what I intended. <laughs> um, anyway, but if if you want to friend me on on the pillow, my pillow CEO's new uh, social media group, <laughs> you can find Dylan at parlor.com/slash keeping up with the codes. So, so um, they have this this fun little routine where uh, where Julie is trying to be the cool mom from Mean Girls, and she actually says. You know, she offers a, a bagel to, uh, to to Marissa, and she offers a bagel to Alex. And Alex says, oh, no, I don't eat breakfast. And Julie goes, oh, that's so punk. That's punk rock. That's yeah. so well, punk rock. Well, she saw that her and daughter she... was reading Please Kill Me, so she was trying to be relatable. <laughs> See, and that's the thing is Julie's trying. She's trying so hard. And then yeah. they have this fun little thing where it's like they're sneaking kisses behind the bagel <laughs> smearing, which is so romantic. It's so 2005. They almost get caught, but they don't get caught. And Alex ends up leaving um, because they uh, needed to get Julie and Marissa alone for purposes of the plot. 
And Marissa does something that I completely forgot about and didn't expect. And drinks milk from the carton? Well, yeah. First of all, she drinks milk she from the carton. She has a milk mustache. Did you Respects. notice that she didn't have the... Yeah, she didn't yeah. have the milk mustache in one shot, and then it just appeared in the second shot. But mostly, I'm just glad that she's getting enough uh, enough calcium because calcium. she needs strong bones if she's going to be living outside. So <laughs> basically, she tells her mom the truth, and she sets it up in, 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 in a way that only a person who's about to lie would do it, but then she just tells the truth. She's like, this is no drama, no lies. I'm just going to be straight with him and tell you the truth. And she says, Alex is my girlfriend. She comes out to her mother. Mm -hmm. And Julie says what you're not supposed to say when your child comes out and says, talks about how it's a phase and all that stuff. And so don't do that, parents, if your children trust you enough to come out. Also, but if you go back to the last, if you go back to the last episode where she's talking to Summer, um, Summer, they kind of beat around the bush where she's like wait are you uh like uh and marissa's like i don't know so Mm -hmm. we don't actually know what she is at this point but she's figuring it out so Lindsay Mm -hmm. is there and Lindsay Mm -hmm. has her oboe Mm. my favorite character in season two of the oc is Lindsay playing (laughs) the oboe oboe. well yeah it's it's, it's just the oboe (laughs) itself um so ryan we don't know if uh, if creepy music was playing when he was doing it, but we do know that he managed to bike over uh, to her house to talk to her, to try and make things right. Um, he was like there for a really long time, and she was just oboeing out. Um, mm-hmm. I've never played the oboe. It must she just went be... full oboe, and by your own logic, Ryan's there to do bad boy stuff. Yeah, you know what? If if someone comes to your door to do bad boy stuff, you just play that oboe even louder, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like a snake charmer. Yeah, so he, Ryan shows up, and there's a conspicuously placed suitcase in the corner of the room to try and make sure the audience and Ryan know, oh, she's planning on leaving. So they talk about that a little bit, um, but the big deal is whether or not they actually want to do the DNA test. Um, she decides to do it. Ryan's going to go with her because he's okay. such a supportive, wonderful guy. Am I, am I, like, way in the wrong to think that, like, it's definitely not at all crazy to ask for a DNA test in this situation. No, it's not. He just did so. it at a very inappropriate time. Like, I don't know why he was doing this now, why he didn't do it the other 16 years he had a chance to, or whenever it first came out that Lindsay was his daughter. Like, it's just a very inappropriate timing. And it doesn't make sense of what the show wants us to believe is that he had a heart attack and now he's a different type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he, he's, he wants to adopt her, which is great. But I feel like, if you're going to adopt her, you'd be like, yeah, I do want a paternity test. Like, that's not insane to me. No, but it's if anything, the way you would frame something like that. If, I mean, first of all, I kind of agree with Chelsea that he sh- if he was going to do a DNA test, I do think it's kind of insane that he would just continue to pay Miss um, Wheeler. Well, that was brought up in the episode yeah. with, mm-hmm. with when uh, Julie says, like, how have you not had a DNA test after? All and this he was time? like, I, I was didn't like, want well, a record. I didn't want like a, I, yeah, I didn't want like a written record of my infidelity. Yeah, but I mean, the, w- the way you frame it at this point is just, look, I I'm remarried. I have, uh, you know, s- two stepdaughters. I need to do this paternity test in case it gets down to the wire and they try and challenge my will because you're not my biological child. Let's do this. I'm doing this for you, Lindsay. But instead, he's like not doing that. And doing also, I feel like thing. if my dad, no matter our relationship, if my dad is going to adopt, is going to adopt a child, 
I would definitely want to be in the loop about it, which makes me feel bad for Haley, who is 100% not looped into any of yeah. this. Well, you know what I pictured? You guys watch Girls. Uh, you know when Shoshana moves to Japan and they, she's like not <laughs> yes. episodes yes. while they show her and she has like buns yeah. in, her, in her hair and is wearing like tall ankle socks and has like a Hello Kitty backpack. <laughs> <laughs> like that's Lindsay, or that, 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 that's Haley right that's now. Haley. <laughs> So we have another deja vu moment uh, with Summer and Seth. So we show up um, in Summer's room as an audience first with Summer. Mm -hmm. She's wearing a yellow dress that we learned is her bridesmaid's dress. And she asks to the mirror, has anyone ever looked good in yellow? Yes, Belle from Beauty and the Beast looks amazing in yellow. And she's my favorite Disney princess because she likes hairy men in books. Therefore, she's automatically the best Disney princess. So Seth shows up. Just because that's all Again, he does now. This yes. is where she says, are you actually here to advance the plot? Yes. And this is where we first see Seth in his uh, patented Spider-Man mask. He refers to himself as your friendly neighborhood Seth Cohen, um, which doesn't make sense. So I, do you think that like when they were storyboarding this episode, it's like, do you think they started with, we want to recreate the Spider-Man kiss? How do we get there? Let's have it raining so that Seth can have a mask on his head. Like... I really, truly think that's the way they did it. I think that they... But do you think they started They started with Spider-Man Kiss? How do we get there? They wrote, they wrote it backwards. They, yeah. They reverse engineered the Spider-Man Kiss, which is why we get this nonsense where Seth is soaking wet, but at least his face is dry. Yeah. And he even says, like, he says, like, I don't look good in a hat, so I didn't want to wear a hat. But I'm like, you look significantly worse in a Spider-Man mask. So. Yeah. And that is a type... A mask is a type of hat, but that's getting a little bit too crazy. A so, mask is not a type of hat, Dylan. It is. You put it on your head. I disagree. Is a hot dog a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm so upset. So um, Seth kind of starts waffling. He's vacillating uh, at a very aggressive rate. And he's got low vibrations. Yes, he is. We're picking up bad vibrations, bad low vibrations from Seth. And he uh, decides that he is going to wuss out. And just say, oh, yeah, you need to make sure you have these adapters for your hairdryer, which is an excellent tip. But um, Well, he found out that Summer was in the wedding, and that's what made him change his mind. It was like, yeah, he, he found out that, like, oh, this is a very serious relationship again. Like, he didn't already know this, but, like, he finds out that Summer is in the wedding, which I have a lot of questions about. That, like, yeah. Summer, met, Summer met his sister one time, and they did not get along, but she's a, she's a bridesmaid now. Mm-hmm. The, only, yeah. the only thing that I could think about <laughs> with that is and, and Chelsea, you might need to help us with girl politics. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is his sister is rude to everyone yeah. so much, so much so that I think the summer like didn't her he say only she was shrill and shrill and alienating or something like that? Wasn't yeah, that like long? it does. It is brought up where summer's like it's crazy that I'm a bridesmaid and Zach's like I told you my sister doesn't have any friends basically. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. Well, yeah, because if she's marrying someone with a lot of groomsmen, then you have to have the same number. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, who would hit? Who is this guy that she's marrying? Like, and we don't know. Why does he deep? not care that she's uh, shrill and alienating? Yeah, I did think huh. it was pretty funny. At one point, she, uh, whenever they're in the airport, which I know I'm way skipping ahead, but uh, Summer's like, "Do you, do you guys want anything in touch, people?" And she goes, "A Xanax," and all three of us scene. were like, "Ah, we can relate." I hate this. I hate that dialogue. I hate that scene. We'll get to it in a second. Until then, <laughs> this is my we, favorite episode. Well, uh, well, like I said, the only stuff I I hate it, but then I the hate turns into love when you realize it pushes Summer back to Seth and into that that 
that mo- that money shot at the end with Spider-Man with Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man. So, let's go back to uh, my second least favorite. That's not right. Scene um or excuse me, storyline with Sandy and Rebecca. They're at the diner. They're talking about some lawyer nonsense that even I don't really care about at this point about plea deals and about amnesty forgot to mention in the last episode that the fbi something happens that even dylan doesn't want to talk about that's how you know it's bad so Mm -hmm. fbi the fbi actually showed up in the last episode and we completely forgot to talk about it i uh the only thing i remember about that scene is that the fbi agents had really cool names um and sandy got mad at his fbi buddy oh yeah and said hey fbi buddy did you like he after the fbi visits kirsten the next scene is Sandy coming home and her yeah. telling him about the episode. Like he comes home and he goes, do we have company? And I was like, why did he ask her that? And then <laughs> she shows him the cards of the FBI guys and they talk about that. And I was like, what the fuck? Why did he just ask her that? <laughs> Put their cars outside? I don't know. It smells like the FBI in this house. Are they here? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some drones in this house. So that's, that's pretty oh much what's going on, which is nothing. Um, the, the big thing is that Sandy is trying a little bit too late to separate the case from his marriage, even mm-hmm. though it clearly causes a problem. Um, so that's what's going on now. Uh, where are we? I don't even know. I'm just, okay. So Kirsten and Julie, we have this amazing scene coming up next from Kirsten and Julie. Oh, that's a, I, that's a fun party. And they, uh, things are dramatic and Kirsten confides in Julie that she and Sandy are kind of having issues. Julie kind of talks about the issues with Lindsay and they decide that they're going to get liquored up and smoke cigars. Well, and, no, she talks about uh, having a lesbian daughter. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, and which, I think that's, I mean, I loved this uh, hangout. Um, I think that Julie and Kirsten's friendship is one of the highlights of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, this seemed like a fun party. Like, I would love to drink scotch and smoke cigars with him. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I also... also... Also, in this scene, we... Am I wrong about thinking that, like, like a couple episodes ago, when we were still talking about Rebecca, that they, her and Sandy were engaged, right? They like, were they say... En- were they engaged to be engaged, quote-unquote? Or am I thinking of something else? I just I don't feel like they said. I don't know if they're actually engaged. I think that like uh, uh, Kirsten just said things like, "Oh, Rebecca, who you were supposed to marry." Like I think she meant that more figurative. Figurative. I can't talk today. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding! There we go. That is I absurd. Thought, I, I thought that it. I thought that she was. They were engaged. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I feel like there is a really good line that comes out of this this conversation that we kind of talk about a lot, and it's that Sandy and Kirsten are like the moral center of mm-hmm. the show, and that if they break up, you know, things could pretty go pretty bad for everyone else. Um, yeah, at least based on Julie, we also find out that Julie based had, on season four's Christmas episode. Oh we know. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just you, just you wait. Well, Julie is surprisingly cool in this conversation about Marissa um, having a girlfriend, I thought. Yeah. She talks about her own quote-unquote phase that she went through. Mm-hmm. She oh. dabbled. and I mean, no one is a straight zero or straight six on the Kinsey scale. I think I've said that on the pod before. That yeah. The talking about the Kinsey scale is going to be like Ryan talking about Anna at Oliver's party. Why was Anna at Oliver's party? <laughs> Josh Schwartz. Email us, coetspot at gmail.com. And Dylan saying, would you rather have Occam's razor or Chekhov's gun? 
I've only said it twice, but I will say it again at some point. I promise you. You said it twice on the podcast that I've left it. You said it like eight times. <laughs> I still don't have a straight answer from anyone though, um, or I just forgot. <laughs> so now let's let's go ahead and get a little bit more outrageous. Let's sure. have Sandy and uh, and Rebecca are driving back to Newport, but I thought that they were... Where did they go? I don't know. So it seems like Sandy had to drive a ways out of Newport. Um, to meet her? I like to think they were in Chino, but I know they weren't. In Chino, man. In, Ch- in Chino, mm. man. Oh, that's a throwback. That's pot. That's podcast lore that you're throwing out here. That's right. So um, they're trying to drive back, but because it's California and it's raining, uh, I guess all the roads are closed. She freaks out because there are cops. <laughs> all but, the uh, roads. Yeah, yeah there the roads specifically that they're trying to get. There's apparently there's only one road that will get you to where you need to go. There's just this yeah. one road that if something happens on that road, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But like. Uh, the cops are like, yeah, it's washed out until tomorrow. There's lodging about a mile back. And the, the cops is there all night. Do the cops just hang out there all night long, waiting until the roads open again, just telling people that? I think so. That's insane. It's selfless, man. Um, so they go back and find that lodging. Mm-hmm. And uh, they... Wh- okay, now this is they where... Have a ding can- dong- they have a ding-dongs and cheap wine party. This is where it confuses me, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention to this part because whenever that Bell X1 song came on, I tuned out. It's like a Pavlovian thing where I just don't care. So why was Rebecca going back to Newport? Was it to try and clear her name? Like, was that what... what, Did did Sandy convince her to not run? I don't remember. (laughs) I literally watched this episode yesterday. I don't remember. I watched... Okay, I watched this episode four hours ago, and I don't remember. Let's pretend that that's what makes the most sense for the story. I think he talked her into coming back and, like, letting him do the the lawyer stuff. And so he... uh, They end up staying in the same hotel room, despite the fact Sandy uh, comes from a very wealthy family and could afford two rooms. Um, They're staying in the same hotel room until everything clears up. Um, They have a, a little... A little party for two yeah okay this little party for two is egregious in my yeah, opinion yeah like, it is it is frustrating. unbelievable like up to this point up to the previous episode which i get again i think we missed the last episode was kirsten telling sandy i went to talk to rebecca and i asked her if i was in love with you and she said yes so if you're sandy and you now know like if we want to believe that sandy was completely pure and was just trying to help his friend now he knows that she's in love with him quote unquote and he's still doing the things that he's doing yeah, which he's is still just doing re- all un- the things which is unbelievable yeah i i let's finish let's finish their storyline out because there's not a whole lot left and it makes mm-hmm. me angry to talk about it and i want to be happy in this episode mm-hmm. so they uh he he they get a little bit hot and heavy um mostly rebecca gets hot and heavy and sandy's like no it's not just us anymore it's different and that wasn't an imitation mandy and so <laughs> he goes out to call kirsten mandy he, just got married shout out <laughs> oh hey congratulations i um i can't believe i was not djing this wedding mandy. how could you <laughs> he would have dj'd and i would have come and done the ceremony of sandy cohen so sandy, that's our new gig we're available for your weddings book us yep. chelsea will do balloons i'll, do I'll balloons. dj Dylan will be the one person that gets kicked out. <laughs> you can put you can put Dylan at your awkward kids table. Yes. Yeah. Still like sailing? 
So uh, Sandy goes out, says he's going to call Kirsten, uh, apparently doesn't, and just stands under the awning and stares into nothing. Big Marissa move. Uh, (laughs) However, we find out that he did try to call her. She just wasn't answering the call. I think at this point in the episode, Kirsten does that really dramatic Oliver-esque move where she puts the picture of them down, which means (laughs) they're not together anymore with under TV logic. Um, And she's like, Sandy, I don't care how you get home just get home and sandy says i'll walk if i have to and this and that so they get back in the car and sandy is heated sandy is angry um for well they stayed the night no they stayed the night yes the next morning this is the next morning i'm talking about so they stay the night hang on i just realized that they did stay the night in the hotel but the scene where the car spins out is also at nighttime so they spend the whole day together as well that's i mean it sounds um, hold on do you want me to tell the truth or do you want me to try and make it seem like it makes sense because I can do both. Leaving this in, so do both. Okay, so the first, if I want it to make sense, they it took them until nighttime because the roads were so terrible that the traffic was backed up and everyone was trying to get home. So that's why it was okay. nighttime when everything bad happened. Um, the actual answer is probably they forgot that it was daytime and they had already said it was morning. But regardless, Kirsten's like, get home however you can. And so the next scene it's nighttime or just super overcast like forks washington and they're seated in the cars <laughs> shout out and that was Wait, is that twilight yeah, yeah. it's twilight yeah okay. i watched eclipse good. last weekend for because so they are yeah, seated what, in the was car. that leslie's idea why did your leslie wouldn't want to do that whose idea was we, that we have a so my neighbor is showing her husband the twilight movies and i'm watching them in solidarity with him oh and that's nice of you which and I really want to watch um, Breaking Dawn Part 2 because isn't that the one with the weird birth? I'm no, 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 the weird birth happens in one, but Breaking Dawn Part 2 is like my favorite movie in the series. There's wow. all these new characters. Um, Rami Malek is in it. Uh, it's, wow. It's the most exciting one by far. I'm going to finish it out. It's a, it's a great show. I feel like DJ would have done really well on that show because it's a big show. DJ, for DJ like, would have crushed it. Yeah, he like like... Welcome to Twilight Minute. In that Minute. show? In that movie? That movie, sorry. I just, I think yeah. everything is a show now. Like, all cats are women and all dogs are men. But, so, what's happening now <laughs> is, like I said, they're in the car, and Sandy you is know what, finally... I'm going to leave it all this in so the it. listeners know what we have to deal with on a regular San- basis. <laughs> Sandy, I will get this, I will get this out, I swear. Sandy... Uh-huh. And Rebecca are in the car and Sandy is finally doing what he should have done like 17 episodes ago and said, Rebecca, my marriage matters more. I'm, you know, this isn't how it's going to go down. I'm going to find you a new lawyer. I mean, he doesn't say that, but in his heart, he feels it. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of start bickering a little bit. And as we know, in the OC, if someone takes their eyes off the road for even a millisecond, that means there's going to be an accident. Mm -hmm. So Sandy swerves off the road, gets in a car accident. There's a commercial break. And then when the show comes back, the car is still crashed. And um, when they find... They just kind of like spin out down a hill. Yeah. And a very... that scene literally looked like... It reminded me so much of Jurassic Park for some reason. Oh, yeah. So... A, tr- a nice truck driver gets out of his truck and says, I already called the police. You know, here, yeah. are you okay? And um, they get out. They they deftly avoid the Dilophosaurus that's stalking both of them. And wow. Rebecca goes, oh, crap, the cops. I can't be here. I got to go. And so she puts on her backpack and walks away in the rain. She walks 
up a hill so, up in the night in the rain. She's walking up a hill. There's a whole scene of her literally walking away up yep. a hill. Yeah, and then she's gone forever. I don't understand anything. She is too well-groomed and has too nice of clothes to only have a backpack in her possession. Are we to believe that she's like live, have this been living in a homeless state for the last 20 years? Like, I don't... I don't understand. She lives with Marissa now, apparently. Yes. Like, did, did, would she not have, like, settled down in a nice little city in, like, Schitt's Creek or in Mexico somewhere? <laughs> well, they said she went, no, she went to Canada is what they said, or, like, way back when she first came, showed up. But yeah. she didn't bring a suitcase? How did she, she get to... here? Did she drive? I feel like when she walked up the hill, she had a backpack and, like, two bags in her hand. But, again... Just her walking up, just an older woman walking up the hill at night in the rain to run away from the police is hilarious to me. So she does it. She leaves, and Sandy um, took a took a greyhound back to Kirsten, and there mm-hmm. is a nice little reunion. But that's the end of the story. Rebecca's gone. Well, he has he has a great he has yeah, the one he has line a line that memorable. like saved everything for me, where Kirsten says, "Is it over?" And like, I guess we're started. led to believe that Kirsten truly believes they are having an affair, which is insane. But I think that's what they want us to believe. And then Sandy says, I promise you it never even started, which was good. Yeah. I thought it kind of fucked up. It was a little gaslighting to me. <laughs> Discuss. And this, we can talk about this. Like, I don't think that Sandy really wanted to do anything with Rebecca. I think he li- maybe liked the attention because I don't know, I just I don't believe that he had any intention of ever doing anything romantic with Rebecca. During I think this that he story felt arc. bound by duty, but I also it's frustrating to me because I don't want to say that he couldn't say no because I don't think that there was ever a situation where Rebecca was begging him to help her. I feel like if anything, Rebecca was like, "Okay, I saw to see my dad. Now I'm going to go back," and Sandy was like. No, we can fight this. Like, I don't feel like Rebecca was the one driving that. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. But I, I guess in the show would want us to believe, which I don't necessarily agree with. The show would want us to believe that because she's such an important part of his life and because Sandy's such a good person that he wants to do it himself. He was being a zealous advocate to his... Mm-hmm. But I, I don't agree with that. It doesn't really come across that way, but I think that's what they want us to believe. But it was, that was one of those moments. It plays during the Champagne Supernova uh, montage you know, he says, I promise you, it never even started. And that's when, you know, everyone was like, oh, romance. But I don't know. Upon Normally, that's how I felt. But upon watching it this time, it, it left me feeling unsatisfied. We have to remember that Kirsten is now, Kirsten's kissed Tate. Sandy yeah. has kissed Rebecca. We know that Kirsten and Carter, I think, kiss. Sandy and mm-hmm. Rachel never did kiss, did they? I think no, yeah, I think she tried. I think they, like, nose yeah. grazed, but they never kissed. But she kind of so. slithered up. She had like her ass in the air and she kind of crawled over to him. But so far at this point in the series, we are one to one. Tate and Rebecca, Kirsten yep. and Sandy. So I just want to I want to clean up the rest of the storyline so we can get to the Spider-Man 2 scene. Um, uh-huh. Marissa and Julie kind of come to an agreement. Julie's like, hey, I'm totally chill with everything. I'm chill with your phase. It's fine. I get it. Marissa's like, okay. And then she moves in with Alex. When she uh, <laughs> when she moves in with Alex, um, things get real really fast. Yeah, it was, so, it was so weird. Like, hey, by the way, rent's due on the first of the month. And I was like, how did you guys not talk about this? Yeah, rent. Yeah. Like, There's did, no closet space. Did Alex not, like, think to herself, like, oh, Marissa doesn't have a job. Like, did she think that just, like, Marissa Julie has was money, gonna... though. 
Well, I mean, does like whenever if you have rich parents, your parents have money, so it's like, are they going to give it to you or not? Like, it's not like because you have rich parents, you automatically have a pipeline. I feel like Marissa has like seventeen different credit cards that all have like ten thousand dollar limits on them. Okay, well, that's a lot of money. That is a mm-hmm. lot. So, um. They move in. Life gets real. Alex has to go to work because that's what adults slash 17-year-olds who don't go to school uh, have to do. Um, Marissa shows up and realizes life is tough. This is what's going on. She hangs out the bait shop for a while. Then she leaves because the dishes aren't going to wash themselves. And as she's leaving, she sees yet another uh, man standing at the pier, staring into nothing. Oh my god! And it is, in the rain. In the He's rain. Inspired so many people to. And take it is Ryan. Out like this. And so Marissa, um, just weighed down by the intensity of her adult lesbian relationship. Well, we don't. You don't even come over. What's going on with Ryan? Like, oh, well, he we'll, went, we'll, you left off, and he went to Lindy's house. And yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. I'm just. I'll, I'll clean up. I'm going to clean up that one. Then we're going to do Lindsay. And then we're going to talk about the meat and potatoes. So she and Ryan share a moment on the pier. And that concludes for this episode, the Marissa Alex um, love. It's not a any shape. It's their well, relationship. They're still, they're still together. It's not yeah. concluded, but like they're still together. They're together, um, but life is but tough. But like the Ryan thing with him at the pier, like he's had a bunch of shit that he's had to deal with in this episode, but like he's obviously upset. He's sad. It's, absolutely pouring rain on him as he stands outside just staring even though he didn't want to go outside at the Cohen's house for some reason um he acts a type of way because like with him and Lindsay he's like he's like pretty fun yeah like we have those we have the scene with him in this episode where they're like hanging out at her house like in bed together and like he seems like a fun kind of more outgoing person I think it's just Marissa. Whenever he's around Marissa, he just turns very like introverted and he like clams up and doesn't know how to express himself at all. Yeah. That's what he does in this scene again. But I feel like it's it's only with Marissa now. And well, the, the, the big deal that he was going through is, you know, he supported Lindsay through the whole paternity test thing. Uh, there's this wonderful, awkward exchange when everyone's waiting for the results and, and they say, can we say something? And everyone kind of talks over everyone else to talk about the weather and Lindsay well, goes, yeah. yeah, I feel so much better now. Or, you know, it's more, of um, doctor comes in. Congratulations. It's a girl. Uh, Caleb is the <laughs> father and Caleb goes, I always knew you were my daughter, which nah, you didn't. Um, yeah, you really did. You are a liar. And we get this, this strange look from Lindsay, this look that makes us as the viewers wonder, Hmm, now that she knows the truth, what's she going to do with it? And well, guys, what she's going to do with it is she's going to go to Chicago and no longer be a part of this series. So that's kind of what Ryan is going through. He has all of this stuff. He's been supportive. He's been broken up with. He's been told that they need to take a break and they gotten back together and he's been supportive again. And then there's finally an opportunity for her to stay and him to be happy. And she decides to leave anyway. And so she goes. Like she was going to move into Caleb's house because her mom was going to Chicago. Yeah. And I think it's it's so bizarre that like, oh, I've, I've known my dad for a week and my mom, who has taken care of me my entire life, is moving yeah. to Chicago. I'm going to choose to live with my dad, which I guess it would make sense because she's probably super rich and her life would be significantly uh-huh. better. But yeah. I was just like, there's no way I believe that she would just let her mom go alone to Chicago. Well, and like, did her mom get a promotion? Like, how come her mom? Well, I guess her mom works for the city. She basically, so she, she basically live. said like she just wanted like a reset. She doesn't think that the city's good and or Orange County's good. She wants a reset. She's going to Chicago. I say all <laughs> that 
remembering how she treated her mom on Christmas when her mom was begging her to be with her on Christmas. And she was like, nope, going to go hang with my boyfriend. I'm going to go so. hang with my boyfriend's family and have a real Christmas that you couldn't provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whenever they whenever they do the results of the paternity test, they, they say, Lindsay Wheeler Gardner. Who is the gardener? I like to think that she was married at some point, and this is the hyphenated Wheeler Gardner. Yeah. The subtitles didn't say it. So, so you're saying that Renee, it was Renee Gardner whenever she had Lindsay, and then Renee was married to someone else briefly. No, no, no. I like to think. No, child. I like to think. I like to think that Lindsay was married to someone. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, I buy. I and buy that, that she was, and that she was Lindsay Wheeler, and then she married Gardner, and she became Lindsay Wheeler Gardner. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so that's the Lindsay story, like yeah. completely. She's she's gone. She's she took her oboe and went to Chicago <laughs> to play in their great jazz music that's scene. That's the Stevens song. Yes. <laughs> Scooby Lindsay with her oboe to the, to the oboes aloft in the Illinois prairie. So we're talking <laughs> about Seth now, and Seth. To recap, he's just gone in to talk to Summer, found out that the relationship might be a little bit more serious than we thought, and he is now distraught and is listening to Boys to Men, End of the Road by Boys to Men in music the dark, of the episode. Um, which is Ryan's music moment of the episode. You all heard the horns, so you knew it was coming. Don't um, do horns for that. Thanks for listening. You're, I don't do the horns. You do the horns. Did you just tell I yourself to not do horns? <laughs> no, I said I don't do horns for the music moment. Oh, you don't? Since Thanks when? Thanks for listening, Dylan. Hey, Since forever. You know I listen because I love to hear myself. So that's a genuine question. So he is, Seth is depressed because he thinks, again, he's lost his chance with, uh, with Summer. And Ryan does this thing where he just walks into his room and sits down, which, I mean, I guess is kind of normal. Um, mm-hmm. And he's talking to Seth, figuring out what's going on. Seth has a couple eureka moments where he literally says Eureka and where he's trying to figure out that he needs one more big romantic gesture to try and get Summer back for the 800th time. Mm-hmm. And he determines... This, this plot goes absolutely nowhere, right? Like, this goes literally nowhere. Mm-hmm. I like, the, I like the, the gesture. And the gesture is that he is going to buy back the Summer Breeze uh-huh. and it's going to be this big kind of full circle i named the boat after you in the first episode and this Mm -hmm. boat was what tore us apart so now it'll bring us together moment but he just needs money to do that unfortunately you just described it so much better than the show did i try unfortunately it's all you know they say it's like man versus nature man versus man or man versus like self and it's all man versus self this whole thing with their characters Mm -hmm. but in a way it's also man versus nature because of the rain well Okay, See, that, that's how we do it. So he uh, puts on his he realizes he doesn't have any money and he needs a job. Um, so he puts on his Spider-Man mask, which is also a hat. Uh-huh. And he goes to Alex's apartment and he asks her again for his job back, which I think that's kind of funny that that same thing keeps happening. And therefore, Alex reaction, Alex's reaction about him being a flaky bait shop employee kind of mirrors our own reaction, which how many freaking times is the same plot going to happen? I was going to say, it, it mm-hmm. takes, she keeps rehiring him, apparently. Also, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure we never see him working at the big shop again. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we do. He So he basically stole money from Alex. She gives mm-hmm. him an advance that he never works for. Um, I will say, so that is was the outfit of the episode, and I told you guys early on, because you were like, what? Why did Alex not get the outfit of the episode? But it's because I knew that, like, 
ones like this were going to happen. She wears a lot of graphic tees. That's very much Alex's thing. And she wears a lot of skinny scarves. She likes to wear a punk. skinny scarf with a short sleeve graphic tee. And she likes her hoop earrings and she likes her studded belt. I feel like I wore that exact same outfit several times between the years of 2003 and 2007. Mad respect, Alex. I also was a big fan of Seth's jacket that he wears in the end. I actually had one of those. And oh, I got really? it because I saw Seth wearing one. So mm-hmm. just so you know, I was I was one of those fans. So while he's over at Alex's apartment, he sees Marissa, who walks out in an incredibly revealing kimono type robe. And we actually have a pretty genuinely funny moment from Seth. She well, she's she's saying one of those types of lines where she's like, Hey Alex, are we gonna get out of bed or are we gonna stay in bed? And it's like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and it's like so. her hair is very like JBF, like it, it was obvious what was going on. So Seth is very excited to see this situation unfolding before him. Um, you know, he says, Alex, you broke up with me for her. <laughs> He does some fun uh, physical comedy. Good job, Seth. So Seth now has his money in hand. He has a plan. He's going to go buy back the boat. But quick, let's go back and see what's going on in Summer's room. So we're back with Summer. Um, She is also listening to Boys to Men, which I thought was really cute and really funny. And Zach shows up into her room this time to kind of say, all right, you ready to go? Let's go. Sees like the pile of bags. and is like, is that all you're taking? And. You know, is that, is that all your stuff? And she gives us this great line because, you know, we're backpacking, right? We're going to be staying in hostels. And she says, God, what is it? I'll show you hostel if you ever take me to one. Oh, my gosh. That scene was so charming and sweet. Like, it was Summer being her adorable self, and it was Zach being, like, genuine good guy Zach. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, she says, she tries to use the Seth excuse, says, well, I mean, you know, I need to get one of those special plugs for my hair dryer. And he just... Pulls it out of his pocket. Already got it. And she kind of realizes, oh, gosh, this guy likes me a lot more than I like him. Am I doing the wrong thing here? Am I doing the right thing? Well, no, I think she was just realizing that, like, oh, this guy is, like, perfect. Like, on paper, mm-hmm. he is perfect. He does everything right. But for some reason, I'm just not feeling yeah. it. He, she's taking what Rebecca, a uh, Rebecca amount of luggage. And Rebecca is taking what should have been. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. They, sw- <laughs> they switched luggage, I like to think. So, um, yeah. so they head off to the wild blue yonder to, um, to get on the plane, to go to Italy to the airport. Dylan. That's, that's the wild blue yonder is, is that's, that's mm-hmm. a plane thing. So we're back with Seth's stupid plan. He buys the boat mm-hmm. back. It's no longer called the summer breeze. It's called the gimme sex. Um, <laughs> yeah, which, which I Respect. mean, I guess the boat evolved along with his relationship with summer. Um, so he doesn't repaint it. He just buys it back for 500 American dollars. Yeah. $500 yeah. to buy a boat. I saw, I saw reasonable. a couch on Facebook marketplace today that was $500 and it looked bad. So inflation people. Anyway, they bring the boat back to the house. The boat is supposed to go in the pool eventually because it's like, Hey, we're on the water together. But for now it's just in the living room. So that's the plan. Wait, what's the plan? Tell okay. me what you think the plan is. Summer comes over and what? Sees a boat in the pool and goes, oh my God, we should be so, together. So in Seth's mind, Summer, he calls Summer. She's like, I'll come over. I'll leave the airport and come over. That's the first hurdle he's got to go over. Well, she's literally like, no, you've had plenty of opportunities. I'm going. Yeah. Bye. And that's the end of the whole thing with the boat. That's yeah. it. 
that boat took so much time in this episode and like that yeah. was the so end I, i'm guessing that his plan his plan as i read it was he was going to put the boat in the pool he was going to invite summer over she was going to come over in the, in rain. the rain and they were going to sit in the boat because it's like metaphorical like this boat took me away from you but now it's going to bring us together that's in my mind what's going to happen it doesn't okay chelsea question mm-hmm. for you yes if a guy is saying hey I got a boat in the pool. It's pouring down rain. Will you come over? And there's another guy saying, hey, come with me to the airport so we can go backpacking through Tuscany. Which guy are you choosing? Um, I definitely go with Euroman. Exactly. This is but so But you bizarre. have to go with Euroman and his awful family. Yeah, but you only have to be... First of all, only the sister's awful, not necessarily the parents. And um, second of all, well, actually, if his dad's a senator, he's probably awful, too. Let's just be realistic. <laughs> Welcome to Pod Save America. Um, yeah, there's very few, like, senators that you're like, yeah, they'd be fucking fun to hang out with. Who, which on, senator would real. you hang out with, Chelsea? Oh, definitely uh, the Ohio guy. Um, oh, Mark um, the Ohio guy. To, no, you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, Sherrod Brown, 100%. Ooh. I want to hang out with Ted Cruz and find out how he did it, how he killed all those people. Anyway. <laughs> So the plan doesn't work, and he decides that he is going to instead watch a marathon on TV on his satellite. They make it a point to say satellite. It's the satellite that I'm going to be watching this on. He says, I'm going to fire up the satellite. Yeah, and he's watching basically what was the OC's joke about Laguna Beach. So he's excited for some reason to watch a reality show and not like one of the superhero movies or comic book movies that he's liked for the entire you know, I guess it was all for the joke. It was all written backwards. Um, well, I can't believe you haven't brought up Hellboy at all in this episode. Well, There's a lot of Hellboy discourse. All I wanted to say in the last episode was that when they were describing Hellboy and his purpose, they're actually describing Ryan Atwood. Um, I won't go any further than that. Just go back and listen to it, kids. So they're at the airport. He's I'm proud that's, of you. Thank you. That's his plan. He's. I'm looking at the clock. That's his plan. They're going to stay. He's going to stay at the house. He's going to watch bad TV with Captain Oates because yeehaw. And uh, Summer is going to go to Tuscany and sleep with her perfect boyfriend. However, mm-hmm. fate has something else in store. Because it is raining. I hate this. I hate this. Because it is raining, the flight mm-hmm. is delayed. So they spend more time at the airport than they want to. But we find out, um, or excuse me, we are reminded again that Zach has a not very fun family to hang out with. And they're trying to make small talk um, and Summer is doing her best and they're not having it. They ask her if uh, if if she's a fan of Botticelli, knowing that she doesn't know who Botticelli is. Even Zach's <laughs> like seeing the birth of Venus uh, in real life is great. Like, dude, you know, she doesn't know what the birth of Venus is. Um, and so he's she, I still don't know what the birth of Venus is. It's it's that famous painting with Venus on the half shell. Sure. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Botticelli. It was. I think it was. Uh. Anyway, Dylan, you're going full. You're going full Zach on me right I'm now. I'm going full Zach. Care. It was. They use it as the inspiration for the cover of um the Harley Quinn movie of of Harley. Also, also oh my gosh, I have not seen I'm it. using a reference. Yeah, these are such specific references. I'm going to show you the picture. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, Dylan, you were so right. I am so wrong. I'm sorry. Please. You know that I won't say that. I will plead ignorance before I say that. You'll say it out loud to yourself, but then you'll pretend that you uh, hate me to my face. I know how this works. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was bullied in school. I know how this works. So basically, <laughs> um, she's at the airport. Okay, wait, can I stop you? Can I stop you? So uh, throughout the episode, a couple times we've seen her open her flip phone 
and look at a very like a very low res photo of Seth's face. It's bad. It's just it's it's just says Cohen lowercase C. And then it has a phone number. It has his phone number at the bottom. And I did call the phone number, oh. and it leads it leads to nothing. I was hoping they would have some sort of like thing set up still from the OC. Oh but, man, uh, mm-hmm. it leads to nothing. So uh, speaking of leading to nothing, I will continue my breakdown of this episode. Um, she goes to look at the magazines to get um, you know whatever it is she needs to get, but secretly she just wants to listen to the voicemail that she knows that she had from Cohen. She listens to the voicemail. It's Seth being completely normal and chill and not uh, not being weird at all. And not at all. Not not weird at all. And so she listens to that voicemail, and there's a quick flash cut to Seth, who he is finally out of his boys to men face. He's finally seated on the couch. He's ready to watch his crappy mindless TV, as he says, to his plastic horse. And the TV doesn't work. The satellite that he was going to fire up is powered down. He's got to fix it because it has to I do don't with understand. Rain. Because the sat- I don't think the satellite's powered down. I think it's raining, so you don't get to watch the satellite because it's raining. So which I, I never understood why he went to the roof in the first place. I, um, I don't know. But he did, and he tied a rope around dish himself. TV, you know, when it rains, it goes out. <laughs> he um he puts on his Spider Man mask, and he cl- he ties a rope around his waist, and he climbs up onto Ooh. the roof. And all fans of Spider Man will know what's going to happen next. But we'll just have to wait and find out until after the next scene, because we get another flash cut. We are back in the airport, and Summer has this really really weird moment. So first of all, uh, this Z- is the worst. <laughs> Oh so, my god, it was so cringe. So Zach, it was, Zach, walks, Zach walks up and is trying to talk to her and she like looks over his shoulder, looks around him, and there is an, a, a little boy with a whole bunch of comic oh books god. out that are just being bent so much. He's not doing a good job keep, to keep like taking care of him. He has a horse that he's neighing and making bounce all <laughs> over them. And I sent this in the chat and based on the fact that you guys didn't respond, I don't think I'm going to get very much <laughs> feedback, but... For those of you that know, you will know it is literally the exact same scene in Return of the King whenever Arwen is going to the Undying Lands with her family, and then she sees, has a vision of her and Aragorn's kid, and the kid like looks over into the camera at her, and she goes, "Oh God, I can't go to the Grey Havens." That's what Summer does. She looks at this Dylan, kid. I truly don't know what half the words are you just said. Oh, so there is one person out there. I like to think it's Harold. Harold, shout out, brother. That he's like, yeah, it's like the Grey Havens. And so, um, summer. Do you think that kid? Do you think that kid Seth knows that the knows the kid Ryan that Ryan saw? I think that they probably hang out together. I think they do too. Um, and so I, I, I was waiting for Chelsea to be like, outfit of the episode is like the fake, <laughs> like the fake kid Seth. Yeah, the fake kid Seth wearing his little baby clothes. No, I don't know. And it's like the the other thing I was wondering was was that kid actually there or was it like. I mean, I guess it was because Zach kind of acknowledged the kid, but I didn't know whether it was a ghost the way that it was that Ryan sees. A ghost? Well, you see, it's (laughs) funny you say that. That kid died. It's it's funny you say that because the second dead child we've had in this season. That is uh, that is the exact same thing that we're led to believe in the Return of the King because it actually ends up being a vision. This is great. Welcome to uh, welcome to Ring Talk. So, um, so anyway, she sees the kid and she's like, I can't. Uh, and so she leaves and goes to be with Cohen. We know that, that the kid was is really interesting during that scene, though. You know, he it's basically he gives the same speech to her that and I think I've made this reference again on this show. But in Sweet Home Alabama, when uh, Reese Witherspoon like realizes she can't marry Patrick Dempsey, he's kind mm-hmm. of a gentleman Spoilers. and kind of like, oh, you know 
go ahead and be with the other man. Like Zach basically does that same thing, and those are the only See, two occasions where that's ever thank happened you to before. Chelsea, thank you to Chelsea for using movie references that I understand. Yeah. See? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I referenced the movie that won 11 Oscars. How dare I? So, um, so no, a Zach, classic li- rom-com. Zach literally says, I, I couldn't believe you made it out, like made it to the airport. Or yeah, something. he said, like, truth be told, I can't believe you made it past security. Or he goes, truth be oh, yeah, told, I didn't think you'd make it past security. That's what he but, says. But she's just I mean, like he, a fucking, if you really thought that, you would not have allowed her to go. If you really thought yeah. she's so in love with this other guy, she's freaking out about this trip because she was in love with this other dude, you you wouldn't let her go that far. Like you'd have that conversation way before that moment. And he's not upset because he gets to go to Tuscany and backpack by himself and like hang out with a bunch of Italian chicks. However, as summer leaves and he looks over at that kid, he gives that kid a look that makes me think that as soon as the camera pans away, he kills that child oh. in the airport. So that's what's happening in my head, Canon. So anyway, we're back. Seth when he was trying to fix the satellite, falls off the roof, lands upside down, and I guess he stays there for an indeterminate amount of time um, w- getting waterboarded in his Spider-Man mask. <laughs> Summer- so he ties a mm-hmm. rope around his waist. He ties the other end like the chimney? Yes. Safety. And then he slides backwards on his back off the roof with the rope tied to your waist. I feel like that would like break your back. Yeah, that would have yeah. to like snap you, or you'd have to go to the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you'd have to go to the chiropractor. We know, for we know, a long time because that, that happens to Gwen Stacy in the Amazing Spider-Man too. He's disproved by his own narrative. That's just what happens. But luckily, his back doesn't break, and instead, he's hanging upside down. When Summer comes to bang on the door, I like to think it's like two hours later. Um, Summer, I guess, hears him yelling, so breaks in to the house, uh, sees him, walks outside. She, she walks into the house. Well, that's still technically a breaking and entering because you're you're, you're, okay. you're walking in where you're not wanted. But she's wanted. And he lets her know. <laughs> and they kiss. You just did the most Dylan thing where you say something and then immediately say something that like is contradictory to it. There there are two wolves fighting inside of me. One is reason <laughs> and one is disorder. Also, I need God to see and the a, devil. God and the devil are raging inside <laughs> me. I need to go to the doctor. There are wolves in my body. So... They kiss upside down. We get this. This is a Haley Irwin thing. And I can't ever. I can't not think about this when I see this part. Haley always goes, why is his mouth weird? Whenever she pulls the (laughs) mask down and he's got. He looks like a like a fish that doesn't know what's going on. But she's all about it. And she kisses. It's like a very Do we think that was really Adam Brody? Maybe it wasn't even him. It was a stunt man because Adam I'm doesn't I'm saying do it could have been. I mean, it I don't probably think I, I can't was. see Adam Brody being being like hanging hang me upside down in a mask and pour water all it over It was me. Patrick I, I, Dempsey from Sweet Home Alabama upside down <laughs> with a Spider-Man mask on. They kiss. You know what? That would make sense. The entire Rain storyline would make sense if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would. Well, it is the only part you can really see of him is or his chin. So no wonder she thought that his mouth looked weird they remember we talked about how they cut taco kiss in this show oh yeah that was like, that was, was like now imagine a taco kiss but being like upside down oh i think his mouth looks weird because it wasn't adam brody i think it was somebody else hmm we're gonna find out welcome back to conspiracy corner <laughs> yeah. we're gonna find out we have got oh. to talk about it oc stands for oh conspiracies <laughs> but um that's my favorite episode and you know what I stand oh my by God. my terrible choice. I stand by it. I don't think it was a terrible okay, okay, choice. Until three episodes from now, three think... episodes from now, you're like, well, this is my favorite episode. If you're telling me my only crime is being forgetful and positive, then I will then lock me up like I'm Rebecca 
What I was just about to say was that when I was looking up, I went to IMDb to look up the actors who play Zach's family. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see if they were the same two actor- actresses that played his family previously. Mm-hmm. And on IMDb, they give every episode star ratings. And this had one of the lower star ratings. This had 8.9. No. Uh-huh. I'm going to look it up right, right now. We'll Here. All right. No, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. It got an 8.9, but usually the top episodes are, I think it's this one, the New Year's episode, um, the pilot episode, the very last episode is also very popular, and the Chrismica episodes are usually well, the most popular The very popular last ones. episode was great because of that whole mon- like epilogue, uh-huh. kind of like my salami epilogue. The salami, the salami epilogue, salami. Lid. Oh shit! I'm so wrong. You were right, Dylan. Hey, it's it's okay. A broke clock. I'm is editing. Right. I'll, I mean, I'm gonna edit it out. <laughs> I was looking at the Father Knows Best, which had like a seven point four. Father Knows Best was so bad. I want yeah. you to know that my contingency plan is Chelsea sends me all of these uncut videos. So if something ever happens, I release. The, if I die, these go to the New York Times, Washington Post, and the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> <laughs> these videos, we, dude. We will we'll spread your ashes in Lake Hefner. Don't worry. <sighs> Just make sure you're through. Oh wait, I don't even think you can't. You can't get three. You can do whatever you want in Oklahoma. Let's face it. Just pour <laughs> them wherever. Spread me all across Lake Latonka. I want to be down there with all the other corpses. God, don't ever say spread me again. <laughs> My dad told me that he, um, when that horrible day comes, that he he would like to be scattered in the, um, what is it called? Earth. No. Yeah, we're on. In the Bellagio. Bela- in the Bellagio, the the uh, like the, the greenhouse in the the Bellagio, nice. where there's all those beautiful like sets and the flowers. It's it's really gorgeous. Every time I go to Vegas, I make a point to go there. But I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, I was just there a few days ago. I was like, oh my god, I bet you'd get arrested if they saw you like sprinkling powder in the flowers. I want to. Uh, I the want eyes to have a in the sky, sky would catch you for sure. I want to be eaten, taken up to a mountain and eaten by eagles. Ryan, how do you want to die? How do I want to die or what do I want to happen with my body? Both. I want ideas. Uh, I want you, I don't want to get cremated. I just want you to take my body to Bonnaroo and just leave it there. (laughs) But don't cremate me and don't bury me. Just leave it there. Just leave Leave the the corpse there. Mm -hmm. How about, we need to find a way that you, so you can die at Bonnaroo and just stay there. Oh, it's easy. Someone dies at Bonnaroo literally every year. You, you, did you just overdose? What happens? Yeah, it's a lot of drugs and heat and no water. Too so many yeah. good vibes, man. The vibes are too good. Too much of a good thing. Vibrating at too high a frequency. It, it broke my body part. It makes me laugh. Just I, I we were at Wakarusa the same year, I'm pretty sure, Ryan, because it was it was that mud year. Yeah, and I fourteen was the mud 14, year. Fourteen, yeah. And it, it makes me laugh because me and Alex went to that together. And if you guys have ever met my husband before, you'd be like, What? That's preposterous. He went to a outdoor festival where you had to camp and like yeah it, it was maybe a month of us dating and i told him i was like oh yeah by the way i got tickets to this you should you should go too so we got tickets was that, the, Snoop, was that snoop lion year um i don't you know because we we had such a great time we left early i think it was because i think he played on um sunday and <laughs> we left like first thing saturday morning like we got to see uh the the uh black crows and we got to see dispatch and then we pieced the hell out of there Remember when the Black Crows played Tulsa D-Fest way back in like 08? Oh my god, yeah. That was like the highlight of my life. Yeah, that was awesome. That was so great. It was so anyway, great. We're... And um, the year that the Flaming Lips played in Tulsa was really cool too. Like we're Tulsa, so he doesn't play here very often. We're not like OKC. So it was a big deal when he came. I have one last thing that I want to say. 
And it is that we have been recording for two and a half, like two hours and two minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Ryan says whenever I recap an episode, it lasts long, uh, longer. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is that, though? It's because I make such good points that you all just want to talk about them. You know, you cut off our Wakarusa talk when I was about to tell a very funny story. Bad Dylan. That's what I, that's what Bad I do. Bad Dylan. Ta- Bad Dylan. We're talking Waka. Talk, Waka yeah. Welcome to Waka Waka Talk. talk. <laughs> we talk about Waka Rusa and great recipes to make Asian fusion food. And Waka Flocka. <laughs> Waka uh, Flocka Waka Talk. Waka Talk, just like on whenever we do uh, Chasing the Chases. <laughs> well, oh that's, the rainy day. that's the rainy day women, everybody. It's my favorite episode of any show ever. So Lindsay's gone. Uh, Seth and Summer are back together. And Rebecca's gone. And Rebecca's Thank gone. Thank God. And Zach is gone. Zach is not gone. Zach is temporarily paused. We have Trey to look forward to. Oh, oh much And we Carter. We tray. have Carter to look forward to. Carter is season two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and uh, drinking too much. We have that to look forward to. Party. I'm thrilled. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, anything else anyone else wants to say? Uh, I just want to say that that's pretty much it. We did. Oh it. You can, uh, what's, how do we wrap this up usually? Oh yeah, you can follow us. Uh, you can follow us online. You can find us on Instagram at Cohen's Pod. C O H E N S P O D. Chelsea, I don't think has posted in a while, but she will at some I point. Will. I will. If, if she did, if she did, I didn't see it. <laughs> I have some. Uh, I have some TikToks cooking in my head. <laughs> I. I also want to remind you all, you all have listened in the past. And so thank you so much. In like 24 hours, we jumped from 32 ratings to 55 ratings. So thank that's you. Not, but that can't, that's, that can't possibly be right. We're, I'm leaving this in. Something happened. Someone, someone botted us. I don't think we have that many ratings. I, you I know what? I don't, I don't believe all it. All that matters to me is I want to say thank you to KC32793 Hart for her April. I say her, but am I... They, I want to thank them for their review from April 9th, where it says, I tuned in for Ryan, but I'm staying for New Dylan. Oh. So thank you. Thank you so much. Who's New Dylan appreciates you. Me? Everyone else. Yeah. Oh. Dylan's You're, parents. Dylan's parents. <laughs> KC. Wait, is that my mom? <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks for the review. But um, yeah. So make sure to give us ratings and reviews. Uh, as you already know, um, Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson ha- already have a podcast out. They've already aired, I think, a f- couple of episodes, and you know that uh, you know what we're up against, and you can help us fight the power by giving us. I wonder the how ratings. they recap their episodes. It cannot at all be like what we just did. There's no, no way. No, it can't. I bet that they don't go chronologically. I bet they just like kind of tell stories about it. That's hmm. kind of what we do. Or talk about feelings that certain things give them. Or yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> or talk about feelings. I would listen to that. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. That's it for us. We successfully did it. We uh, successfully is a strong word. We did it again. We have made it to the end of an episode. Oops. We'll we'll see if we have everyone's audio by the end of this. It's really a crapshoot at this point. Ooh, Who knows? Personal attack. Uh, but like I said, find us on. Uh, <laughs> Find us on Instagram. You can email us, coinspod at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcast. And I believe that is it for us. Uh, you guys have anything else you want to say? Spider-Man 2. See you guys next two. time.